From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skywarn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. It's brought to you by Extreme Tornado Tours. They're the world's most popular storm chase tour company, an exclusive chase tour of the Stormfront Freaks. Hey, call your friend because you got a chance to get in on their last open tour for 2019. It's tour number seven. It's happening in early June. It has a few seats left, and uh, the forecasts certainly look good already. So visit ExtremeTornadoTours.com to register and for more details. Hey, if you happen to be a first-time listener, thanks for stopping by. Be sure to go to stormfrontfreaks.com. You can access our library of previous shows and famous guests from the weather industry like chasing teams, uh, the tornado trackers we've had on, also base hunters chasing have been with us. But tonight we're recording episode 79. We're excited to be joined by some friends of ours, Storm Chasers, uh, Greg Johnson and Aaron Rigsby are with us tonight. So, gentlemen, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll also, yeah, we'll also be playing match game in our lightning round uh, game show. So that ought to be some fun. And don't miss our exclusive tornado talk and tracker check segments, as uh, as well as the fan favorite hashtag Weather Fools uh, that we're going to have. But before we get to all that, we always like to introduce our co-hosts. Uh, uh, because it's always happy hour here at the Stormfront Freaks Bar. So we find out what everybody's drinking, and I'm going to start with MJ. What are you drinking tonight up in Minnesota? All right, tonight we've got uh, Finnegan's Irish Ale tonight. Oh, nice. Right. No so, Captain, huh? Nope. Man, you know, you is that still up. what was left in the fridge, or is that new? No, that was in the fridge. Okay, that works. Yeah. All right, Maz, Maz, what are you drinking in Cincinnati? So, yes, yeah, in the fridge, I was like, uh, what am I drinking? Uh, Guinness Extra Stout again. You do nothing. Going. You do nothing over Lent, and then you go heavy as soon as yeah. Easter comes. That's... Well, you gotta, you know, you gotta break yourself back in. Uh, deep end, deep end. Yeah, Kim, right. Kim's down yeah. in Atlanta. What are you drinking? I hate to say it, but I didn't go with the Irish theme. Um, but I do have uh, a Cincinnati beer, and of course, you guys yeah, know uh, psychopathy, right? Yeah, Mad Tree. Yeah. So sure. Got that nice I IPA. It was psych- psychopathy. Is it? I don't so know. when did you pick that Psychopathy. up? Um, well, I was up there a couple months ago. Okay. So, so you got um, some then. You didn't even yeah, call. I always bring back a bunch. I know, you guys. It's always a short trip. It's never enough time. All yeah. right. So, hey, then and we may as well find out what our guests are drinking. We always say our digital green room is filled. Uh, the fridge is filled. So uh, we'll start with uh, Greg. Greg, what are you drinking tonight, sir? Well, I picked, I picked up this morning uh, in Kadoka, South Dakota. I picked up a bottle at a micro distillery. Uh, this is sipping whiskey, but I'm going to be uh, mixing it with uh, Diet Coke. All right. That, that sounds good. And as long as you stay okay. in the passenger right. seat and not the driver's seat, you're going to be good. And then uh, and let's let's find out what Aaron Rigsby, what would you pull out of the fridge? Well, seeming as I do live in Colorado now, and we are pretty uh, high in elevation here, I got a Miller High Life. And uh, it, you can also refer to it as water as well, staying nice and hydrated. So that's always good. Isn't Miller out of Milwaukee? Uh, we don't have, you know, it's uh, that's details. It's okay. okay. Okay, that's true. That's a good point. Good point. Well, let, let's do this. I, I want to get your formal introductions out of the way, and, and we always turn it over to uh, our wonderful Kim Cunningham. So, Kim, get us started. All right. I'd like to welcome Aaron Rigsby. Um, He's a storm chaser, as Phil was talking about. Aaron has been chasing storms now for eight years, including Category 5 Hurricane Michael, Category 4 Harvey, the historic Buffalo Blizzard. Yes, they chase blizzards. And over 100 tornadoes, including the Pilger, Nebraska Twin EF4 tornadoes. Um, just epic, epic, epic. Aaron is a professional photographer, and when he's not chasing storms, he's chasing landscapes to photograph. 
All right. And we also have Greg Johnson, also a storm chaser. Greg is a former guest with us here on Stormfront Freaks on episode 43 and one of North America's top professional storm chasers and severe weather experts. He's also an accomplished photographer, speaker, and workshop leader, having graduated from Canada's renowned Acadia University. Greg is also a part of the Tornado Hunters television series currently on Netflix. You probably recognize him from that. Welcome, guys. We appreciate you coming. And of course, the idea was getting you guys on a, maybe on a, a big day tomorrow um, for severe weather. Just kind of um, doesn't matter who wants to go first, but why don't you guys let us know where you're headed, which part of the storm you're looking at, maybe in Nebraska or in Texas, or you're both headed that direction. Greg can go ahead first, and I'll uh, pitch in after he goes through. Sure. Well, uh, right now we're in Nebraska, so playing Nebraska is going to be the, the game tomorrow. Uh, too long of a grind to get down to Texas, but uh, we, I'm actually really excited about uh, the dry line in Kansas. So uh, we may drop down towards Goodland, uh, Kansas in the afternoon. Yeah, I'm kind of the same boat here. It's a tale of uh, two target areas. Both look really good. Both have pros and cons. Um, me personally, I'm kind of leaning more toward the northern target area. Uh, you know, just a little bit of bias too, just because I'm from Ohio and I really like my triple point plays. Um, but it's also a little concerning that none of the convective models really blow up anything down along the dry line. Not to say that you should always rely on those, but I don't know. There's been cases where, you know, like April 14th, 2012, where they don't show anything and it just goes bonkers, which was a big high risk tornado outbreak. But at the same time, you know, I've been burned by telling myself, well, this happened on this day, so maybe it'll happen again, and then I miss tornadoes in my original target area. So right now I'm leaning more toward Nebraska, but I'm going to wake up early tomorrow and make a final call because both areas are about the same distance for me. Do you, do you guys ever, like, pull a twister where you're like, uh, where, where are you guys going to go? Are you guys going south? <laughs> <laughs> and then you make I, your decision. <laughs> yeah, we are too. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think everyone's guilty of that. Man, I'll tell you what, uh, all I want to do, my, my chase plan uh, for next year is just going to be follow Scott Peak wherever he goes. And, uh, you know, he, that, the guy's unreal. I, I, don't, I don't know how he does it. but So th this is interesting because I'll be honest with you guys, we typically on this show, we, we don't talk a whole lot about current weather events. Uh, we just have guests on and we kind of talk a little bit about them and everything else and what they do. But um, it kind of keeps things a little timeless, but it, it was hard not to kind of say, hey, let's for this show, let's find some uh, superstar storm chasers and let's talk about what's coming up. Because the SPC has had at least uh, uh, enhanced or a 15 percent severe risk forecast beginning. And this is Thursday. So beginning day two, which is Friday, all the way through day six, which is Tuesday which which is extremely rare. I, I, I've seen lots of people say that that's never happened, and, and I've seen others said that maybe it hasn't. But I, I, So we talked a little bit about tomorrow and Friday. I want to hear, obviously, we got next six days. You know, what, what are you guys doing? I know, Aaron, you, you, and I'll start, Aaron, with you a little bit. I know you've got, and welcome to Chaser World, you got to work some and everything else, and you got to find time to do this. But I guess share a little bit of what are your plans over the next six days and you're obviously starting out of colorado yeah so the thing that people need to remind themselves too is you know yeah we get really excited seeing these outlooks you know we've never seen a day four through eight before every single day highlighted and while that gets us excited we have to remind ourselves too that that's not necessarily a tornado outlook it's a severe weather outlook and you know it's been a long time since we've seen day after day of severe weather but narrowing down which day especially you know kind of from my perspective where you had to pick and choose what days you have off of work is the really challenging part. Um, to me personally, I think the greatest chance of tornadoes is going to be tomorrow, um, potentially Monday. There's a lot of questions still regarding morning convection on Monday and maybe even Wednesday, which isn't quite highlighted yet, but it's still kind of in that longer range of the computer models where they can still change. But I'm starting to see a little bit of consistency where, you know, that could also potentially be one of those higher in severe weather days, not necessarily, you know, higher in for tornadoes, just a higher in severe weather outbreak. Um, but tomorrow, I think, you know, tomorrow is going to be one of those days where either goes big or doesn't go at all. Both target areas have pros and cons to them. Um, if you get initiation down the dry line, down in Kansas and even Texas, you could see some, you know, the, and I use this loosely because I don't want to, you know, cause a lot of hype. 
but with the kind of parameters down there, you could see some you big tornadoes down there tomorrow, especially into the evening, into the night. And up in Nebraska, along that triple point, there's a couple of questions whether, you know, the shear uh, is good enough to where you can get storms to ride along the warm front up there, because that's going to be crucial. If storms just keep lifting north of the warm front, you know, you'll get supercells, you get elevated hailers, probably big hailers, but your tornado potential is going to be very limited. So these are all things that I kind of have to ask myself when I'm choosing these target areas. So let, let me ask you this, Mr. Ohio boy, you keep talking about triple point. So for people that don't know exactly what that is, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, it's basically just where, you know, your dry line, uh, warm front, all meet along a low pressure system. And a lot of times you get a lot of uh, convergence along that. And that's where your storms will fire. And typically right by those lows, you get your winds to back a lot better. And if storms can interact with that warm front up there, it increases low level helicity, which can cause, you know, if and that's another thing that's really key, especially you'll hear a lot of people talk about Illinois warm fronts. You know, uh, there's days where, you know, something may be lacking, like low-level holicity, which is just another, you know, form of shear, or, um, you know, surface winds being really weak because you need your surface winds to be, you know, strong to get that low-level rotation pulled down for tornadoes. And, you know, that can help aid in that. So if a storm can latch onto that and ride it, that's how you get those really long-track tornadoes along the warm front. But on the flip side of that coin, sometimes your storms can be a little bit messy along warm fronts. So that's kind of why you hear people choose dry lines over triple point warm front plays. But, you know, you have days like Pilger where, you know, triple point goes ballistic. <laughs> right. Good. Well, hey, so, Greg, what are your plans? Yeah, what are you doing uh, next six, seven days? I got to say, I I mean, I agree with everything Aaron's saying, but uh, I'm just not smart enough to understand most of what he just said, okay? Uh, <laughs> Which is why I asked him to explain, but yeah, thank for, you. Yeah, <laughs> for, for, I, I look at it a little bit differently. Um because uh, I'm a photographer, I'm not a meteorologist. I I never claim to be a meteorologist. That's not that's not my gig. Um, I look at the forecast and I do my best job to make a decision where I want to go, and then I compare it with the giant brains at the SPC, and I go, oh, am I in the ballpark? And if I am, we kind of go that direction. The the thing that plays into my decision where we're going to target, what storms we're going to go after, it's all about chase terrain for me. Uh, it's why, you know, chasing down near Austin, forget it. I mean, like, that's just, that, like, I mean, we did that last week because there was nothing else to chase. And we ended up getting caught in, you know, a flash flood where it was one on one side of the road, one on the other side of the road. And it was just, you know, you can't see anything and it's just trees. And, um, you know, part of our motivation for, for staying up in Nebraska, and especially this part of Nebraska is, you can see for like a thousand miles up here <laughs> yeah. and, and there's, there's, there's except for Cherry County, there's roads everywhere. And it's just a great place to chase. Same thing with Western Kansas and hell, I, I mean, we're up in North Dakota and South Dakota, probably more than most chasers. And it's an amazing place to chase because there's roads everywhere and there's no other chasers. Like we, we can go for a whole, we can go for a whole week without seeing another chaser up there. Especially in June. Or people, yeah. any people. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so are you guys ever concerned, especially when there's a smaller area of enhanced risk or uh, greater tornado risk? You know, we talk about the convergence of all the chasers. So this is a smaller area where a lot of chasers are going to be headed. So what are your plans? I mean, how do you... You know, I don't know. I'm sure you're more careful, you know, and trying to follow the speed limits. But um, are there any concerns about the convergence of all the chasers? There's a couple ways I could go about this. You know, it's like it's one of those things where sometimes it's made out worse than what it actually is. Like it is yeah. bad. But the days that you see those insane videos of cars lined up, it's usually like, for prime example, down the Tulia, Texas tornadoes the other day. The reason that that happened is because there's only two roads next to the Paladuro Canyon in one tornadic storm. When that happens, it's just a recipe for chaser convergence. You know, it's just it's just how it is. It's always been that way. Um, it may be getting a little worse, but the, you can see videos clear back from 2010, 2009 of insane lines of chasers just because there's a lack of roads. Um, you know, the, the fact that's going to be on a weekend, there'll be more chasers out, but that's that the risk area is so huge and with that you know the, the fact that both areas have pros and cons i think that's going to spread people out enough to where it's not going to be a massive issue um but if one target becomes a lot clearer which is possible um 
especially up north where, you know, roads kind of lack near Cherry County, which is where the storms will eventually track into, you may run into that issue. But I think a lot of it is just perspective. Um, I've also noticed too, me personally, um, you know, just as long, uh, as well as Greg, we're aggressive chasers. We like to get close. Um, you know, we like to get those really dramatic shots of tornadoes. And I tell people, I personally feel safer in the bear's cage or, you know, within a half mile of these tornadoes than I do two, three miles away because of all the chaser crowds where you're worrying about if people are going to dart out in front of you, people leaving doors open, stuff that you see online. And, you know, when you're in the bear's cage or, you know, you get within a half mile of the tornado, you see maybe a dozen cars if you're lucky. And that's on a big day. Yeah. And it's, and it's the same dozen cars every time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Usually Jeff Petrowski, Scott Peek, us, a few others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, just I, I also think the chaser convergence thing is overhyped. Uh, I look back at Dodge City, and there was a lot of talk about chaser convergence at Dodge City. But we didn't see anybody all day. You know, we were on grid roads the whole time, on dirt roads, uh, you know, driving on gravel, um, didn't see anybody where the, where the convergence was, uh, was on the highways where, uh, you know, if you didn't want to go off the road, like off the highway, then yeah, you were in a, you were in a convergence situation, but I honestly think it's overhyped. Um, and I don't see in the forecast with the possible exception of Monday, I don't see any days that have such a defined target that we're going to see that like mass, uh, positioning of a whole group of people on the same. Tulia was crazy, and like, like uh, Aaron said, uh, there was one road, like one road, and and like all of these chasers are trying to outrun this hail shaft that's coming at them, and there's one road to go down. So yeah, there was there was uh, there was convergence. So I'd like to hear from you guys. What's the largest number of chasers you guys have seen, and do you remember which storm it was? Like like when you talk about, I mean, twelve seems like a decent number. Until you're talking what? Okay, May tenth, yeah. May tenth, uh, two thousand and ten, uh, at Waquito, Oklahoma, and there had to be five hundred chasers on Highway Eleven, wow. and that's—I I don't think that's an exaggeration. And, and like the pictures I have, like there was no point passing anybody because if you wanted to pass somebody, you had to pass five hundred. It was like a NASCAR race. And you didn't want to get stuck on the on the wrong lane. <laughs> yeah, and for me, it's uh, honestly probably Tulia a couple weeks ago was some of the worst I had seen. You know, it was just one of those cases where it was just a worst case scenario. But, you know, like we were talking about, though, um, with positioning, the road that everyone took, you could either go north into the Bears Cage and go north and then back east and get back out ahead of it and risk the core or go south and back east where everyone else was going. And up until then, you know, I was getting a little frustrated just because of the fact I could see the big hail core beside me. <laughs> and when that started getting closer and closer, we're still stopped at the stop sign. You know, I'm like, okay, great. Now, how do I brace myself to lose all my windows or something that's out of my hands? And some of that was my own fault, too, because I turned around and took a picture of an abandoned house with the structure behind it. And I was ahead of the conga line and it put me back behind it. But, you know, I ended up just getting rain and I went north that my, on that road. Aaron, that was my favorite shot of the whole uh, of that whole trip was the uh, the shot of that hail core coming down the highway as it entered the the canyon. It was brilliant. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. It was definitely worth the the quick U turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you Are know, they... like you said though, like he he was talking about 2010 horrible chaser convergence. It's like you see this stuff every single year. It's just a matter of what scenario you're in to make it look worse than it actually is. I'm not saying that's not a problem, but I mean that was nine years ago now, and you know you saw a similar scene in Tulia. So it's just a matter of you know what situation you're in. Are there days you guys are like, oh, this is a big hailer. I better take the Ford Pinto out instead. You know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, there's times too, if my window's already like cracked or something from the winter, like a rock hits it, I'm like, all right, there's my excuse to lose my windshield. Let's go. <laughs> I've always thought that a really great business model would be to uh, go around to the auctions, pick up pre-dented uh, vehicles, and uh, sell them to chasers. I'd buy one. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Not a bad idea. Kim, you got another question? Well, I was gonna I was gonna ask you guys, um, you could both tell us what's when you wake up tomorrow morning, what's the plan? I mean, what how do you get ready? Um, what do you look at? You know, how do you make your final decision on what you're doing and, and how do you plan for the day? 
<laughs> well, hopefully I wake up tomorrow and not want to pull out my hair and have kind of an idea of where I want to go. Um, but I think, honestly, kind of like I mentioned earlier, it's just going to be a matter of which area do I think has a little bit more pros than cons. Um, the way I see it, too, um, another thing to consider is down south in the dry line, I think the initiation, if it does happen, is going to be a little bit later, um, and you risk it going into the sunset at night. Yeah. And um, up in Nebraska, you're almost guaranteed daytime storms. Um, with that potential tornado threat. And, you know, I'm sure Greg can vouch for this as a photographer. If I'm choosing, I'd rather choose daytime tornado threat than, you know, nighttime tornadoes. And, and the potential is there for sunset tornadoes. But, you know, it really, it really looks like storms, if they do fire, will be right around that 8 o'clock hour. And unless they do it quick, you're going to be pushing into the night. But before yeah, Greg fun. answers, uh, yeah. Greg, just a second. Aaron, do you chase alone or do you chase with others? Ten. I chase solo most of the time, but okay. my uh, face partner of choice when we both get together is Stephen Jones um, and sometimes Alex Colton. Uh, Stephen Jones, is, or I guess they're both living in Oklahoma now. Uh, I've been chasing with Stephen since 2014, and okay. we've chased multiple hurricanes together. Because obviously that affects how what you're doing in the morning to pick your target area. So, Greg, what, what's your scenario? Obviously, you usually tend to chase with a team, but how does that affect your morning target pick? You know what, we, uh, we're going to obviously surface observations, you know, finding out where the, where that front is actually setting up. Uh, you know, I, I, listen, HRR is my friend. It's been spot on all year. Uh, the, the later runs in the day, you know, by the time we get around to noon, you know, it, it does a really good job. And, and I know it's a crutch and Aaron's probably rolling his eyes at me right now because I said that. <laughs> But, I can't roll my know, eyes because I, I look at a product just as much as you do. You know, like, uh, because, you know, a perfect example is tomorrow's setup. I mean, Aaron said it earlier. If you look at the parameters along the dry line, everything you click on says PDS all day, loaded gun soundings, uh, cape out the yin-yang. Uh, but the models aren't breaking out any uh, convection. So, you know, you have to you have to put some trust in that at a certain point. And, you know, so we'll look at all that stuff, but at a certain point in the day, there comes a point where you have to say, okay, are we saying no to the dry line? Are we saying no to the triple point? And uh, then you just got to live with that decision. Cause once you, once you make that turn and you go three others, three hours, the other direction, there's no going back. And that's my question. I was going to ask too, which is <clears throat> if you're setting a place in the morning and you're driving, at what point in time are you like, and now we're going south, you know? I mean, what is it for you in your mind that you're like, I got, I've got to, I got to trade up? Um, mine is, let me just go first, Aaron. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Mine is ADD, D. I have an extra D in mine. <laughs> because you see, you see a storm go up and you're like, ah, that's the one, that's the one. And then you turn around, you start driving, and then in your rearview mirror, another one's popping there, and you're like, ah, you, just, you ball it. And then, yeah, there's no, it's, it's like going into war. It's a, I think it's a good analogy. You know, you have a battle plan at the beginning of the day, but as soon as the first convection fires your battle plan changes yeah and uh i'll definitely agree with that i think a prime example um of that of you know the one storm going off and the other going off uh was chapman kansas in 2016 so there's two defined target areas almost similar to what we're dealing with tomorrow a lot different setup everyone was in wichita everyone yeah. was in wichita everyone was preaching about wichita and uh you know even the spc outlook had the higher tornado parameters south of salina where that storm blew up um you know we we opted for the outflow boundary again because i'm kind of a triple point you know boundary snob um, but it was one of those days where it paid off. But our first storm that fired up in Salina died because of the cap. And the other one in the group chat that I was in, everyone was posting like, oh, my God, the storm looks awesome. The storm looks awesome. And you're sitting there in Salina. You can see it going off in the distance. You're like, okay, I'm two hours north of there. I really hope that that doesn't do anything. Do we, do we think about going south? And then it was like the weather gods could hear me. And I, I look on uh, Echo Tops because that's a key thing that I use uh, while chasing is looking at Echo Top. And out of nowhere, this like 40,000 foot top just shows up in one computer scan. And I'm like, where the heck is that thing at? And I get out of the car and I look and I just see this bomb going off. And you know, you can just look at small details like that and you can see like, okay, that broke the cap. That is right on the boundary. Like it's good. If there's any storm is going to ride it, it's that. And that was an area where 
there was pros and cons to both target areas. And you just have to, you know, a lot of it goes with experience. A lot of it goes with as cliche as this sounds, your gut. Um, my gut has personally been telling me Nebraska for the last couple of days. That's not biased because I live in Colorado Springs because both target areas are very similar. It's not biased because the HER or the three kilometer dam and all the other models show storms up north as opposed to south because that could change tomorrow. For all we know, we could wake up tomorrow and the HER shows a string of pearls to the dry line. So it's just, you know, you have to use your gut instincts, um, you know, and a lot of the times you just have to stick to your guns. And I, I break this golden rule a lot. Like, prime example, Tescott Day. I posted a picture of the Tescott storm going off, and I'm like, oh, watching the storm of the day go up near blah, blah, blah. And I ended up going south because, you know, I it looked a little better on radar. I got convinced to go south, just kind of, kind of what we were talking about earlier with other chasers' opinions. And it burned me. I even turned around started going back north and saw my storm looking a little better to the south and then went back south instead of going north for the Tescott tornado. Hey, Aaron, do you remember uh, Roselle Day? Sure do. Yeah. So there was actually two identical storms. If you looked at them on radar, they were identical storms, both tornado warned. We were on the north storm. We stayed with it through three hours of tornado warning, didn't produce anything. And the whole time I'm looking at uh, jerks like you posting photos of this beautiful sunset lit tornado on the ground for what, an hour? Yeah, like minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I mean, you know, we said, no, we're going to stick here. This one's going to go, this one's going to go, and it didn't. So ever since then, I second guess myself. All if right, I have, have, have a drink. Have a drink. If, if I remember correctly, too, I think that Roselle Day was one of those days where it was a little mesoscale feature that helped with that because I remember the temp dew spreads being very wide that day, and there was a surus canopy that was over that area that wasn't really forecasted, and it helped cool down those temperatures a little bit and helped that storm produce the tornado that it did. And that's a thing you just can't look at on models. It's just a little, you know, mesoscale detail. And if you choose to go south in time from the north, like, good on you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, 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 freaks. I'll tell you what. You've heard me talk about the Atmosphere Weather app. And, and Aaron and Greg, you got to check this out. You got to look up the Atmosphere Weather app. It's pretty sweet. But the makers of this app have designed another weather app that will make you wonder while no one else ever thought of it. It's called the Dry weather app it's an easy way of looking at the entire forecast for a road trip or a long commute it allows drivers to easily and quickly know what the forecast calls for along a route and lets the user actually change the times to see the changing weather and find the safest time to leave and I'll tell you guys personally I use this a ton this past winter on trips that I took to kind of see should I go now should I wait to see what the whole uh, trip is going to show me whether it's precipitation winds temps radar it literally takes seconds to see the weather for an entire trip and it couldn't be simpler so if you've got any summer road trips or motorcycle tours to take the drive weather app will keep you safe with just a few seconds so learn more and get your free trial at driveweatherapp.com and you can download it on ios and android hey we're going to take a short break go ahead refill your drink and we want you to check out tracker chat with the tornado trackers as they talk about chasing on a budget we will be right back Welcome to Tracker Chat, the podcast inside of a podcast. We are the Tornado Trackers. My name is Jeremy Heyman, and I'm joined by my chasing partners, Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. Today, we want to talk about uh, chasing on a budget, the, the reality of chasing being a hobby and having limited resources to fund that hobby. We've all been there. Um, so Gabe Cox, what uh, stands out to you as the most important things when thinking of chasing on a budget? Uh, yeah, there are, I mean, there's several things. Um, one of the biggest things for me, and this is thanks to my wife who is in charge of our budget, uh, is packing food instead of eating out. We have a Costco card. And so if I know I'm going to have several days in a row, we'll swing over to Costco and I'll buy bulk items like peanut butter, uh, and crackers or, uh, cans of tuna. If you can stomach it, I love tuna. Apologies to everyone else in the car, but that's a nice cheap way to eat. Um, and then buying gallons of water as opposed to, you know, buying drinks on the road. 
that has helped me keep my chasing budget way down. Because if you look, if you look at uh, your receipts at the end of a trip and you see how much is just designated to food and eating out, there's a huge chunk of money that goes just to that. So there, there are ways to do it. You're not going to eat like a king on the road. If you do it that way, you're going to have tuna sandwiches for three, four, five days straight. But if, if you are looking for a way to save money, that has absolutely been a huge way for me to uh, cut corners on our budget. Yeah, absolutely. Food is, is such a high cost on, I feel like, most families' budgets uh, everywhere. So that's, that's, that's great. That's really mindful. And just kind of maybe think of food as fuel for a couple of days rather than <laughs> uh, pleasure. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, yeah. Jeff, what about you? What, what do you think of when you're trying to keep the, the dollars low while chasing? So uh, one of the things we've, we've um, started doing quite often on multiple chase days in a row is um, most of the time sleeping in our cars overnight and uh, it is not comfortable. Um, so it means packing some things that'll make that as comfortable as possible. Um, pillow, blanket, um, you know, some headphones, you can have some noise canceling kind of apps, something like that. I'm kind of thinking ahead of time. Uh, we typically find a hotel or uh, a really safe um, environment and, and parking lot and and try to something with a little bit of light, but not too much where it's in your eyes. And uh, we like the shady spots. We like the shady spots. Um, that is disturbing and true. And so uh, we, um, we will spend at least, if it's a three-day trip, we'll do that for a couple of nights. I think one of the things with that doesn't mean that every night you got to do that. Uh, we've, we found that on, on different chases, hurricanes, um, uh, chasing tornadoes. We've, we've kind of just hit this place where we're thinking, man, we need a good place to sleep solid uh, tonight. So um, we just try to do the best we can to um, minimize how often we're spending money on hotels and sleep in the car. It's a, it's a stark reality for sure. Oh, thanks for that, Jeff. The, the, the thing I think of when, when uh, chasing on a budget is just use what gear you have already. You know, don't, don't think that you need to, to kit out everything for a couple grand or something to, to be able to get uh, on the road. Um, I, I hit this drum all the time, but our smartphones are incredible devices uh with really good cameras and they shoot amazing video and are like stabilized and all these amazing things so just use your phone to shoot use that you know use a digital camera if you have it um, bring that to, to try it out and go on a few chases before you decide if you want to buy any new gear really kind of feel out what you actually need uh rather than maybe making a, a rash purchase but uh, I'd say use that use that smartphone and, and and really kind of push its capabilities and see what you can do with it. Uh, anything else, guys, that you can think of uh, of how to save money while chasing storms? Yeah, um, I this is a tough one. Um, <clears throat> it's hard for everybody, uh, but if you are really on a budget, don't chase everything, especially early on in the season. Um, you know, as we're recording this episode, it's April. Um, and it's very tempting to want to chase everything, but we got the peak of the season coming up and, um, really not until mid to late May is when things really fire. So right now it's really tempting to see a slight risk and say, yeah, let's go for it. You know, something might happen. Um, but you got to be mindful of the rest of the spring and the better chances that are coming. It's hard. It's always a gamble because you might pass something up and it might be the storm of the year, but. Um, this is where forecasting comes into play and, and really working on your skills to forecast to know like this setup just doesn't have all the ingredients that I'm looking for to go out. So I'm going to sit this one out and save that money for the next one. Thanks, guys. Uh, some, some great uh, wisdom on chasing on a budget. And yeah, just remember that part of storm chasing, you know, if you're out there doing on a budget is, is a little uncomfortable, a little, a little painful at times, but uh, we get through it and get back home. All right. Well, this has been Tracker Chat, the podcast within a podcast. Thank you to uh, the Stormfront Freaks guys for allowing us on uh, their show. You can find us everywhere on social media at Tornado Trackers. You can also find us at tornadotrackers.org. I have been Jeremy Heyman, and uh, I've been joined by Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye-bye.
Felicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freak's podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 10% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at Helicity.co. Hey, welcome back, everybody. So we're Storm Chasers, Greg Johnson and Aaron Rigsby. Uh, I know, uh, Maz, you, you mentioned you might have a question. What do you Yeah, got? yeah. Right before the break, you guys were kind of razzing each other just a little bit there. How competitive do you find chasers are and when somebody really nails it is it like oh you're so awesome for like the next week or, or are they like i hate him i hate him you know <laughs> i hate them i hate them that was kind of a nervous laugh from both of you it was, it was a little nervous there yeah we're always happy that you know that, that somebody got the thing but you want to be the guy who gets the thing I mean, let's, I mean, I'd be lying if I said otherwise, you want to be the guy that gets it. But, um, you know, the only time I get really pissed off, if I'm being completely honest, is when it's Bill from, you know, some small town in Alabama who's sitting on his porch with his iPhone (laughs) and his video is all over CNN and, you know, the Weather Channel and everything. And it's just like, oh, dude, come on. That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I kind of, you know, I'm echoing what Greg said. You know, it's everyone wants to be that person on the tornado. I mean, that's what we push our bodies through, eating the crappy gas station food, drinking the energy drinks, putting all these miles and wear and tear on our cars because we want to see that stuff. And it, it, hurts, it hurts even worse. Like, you know, if your group of friends sees a tornado that you don't, you're like happy for them because it's your friends. But at the same time, you're like, Congrats, guys. I'm, I'm so happy for you. And those pictures are so cool. And we've all been there and done it. And, you know, it, it's one of those things, you know, if you just, you know, if you can't chase a day, you can't chase a day. If you miss a tornado, if you miss a tornado. My prime example was Tescott. A lot of my buddies saw that tornado. I went south, paid the price, and, you know, I was happy for him. But I was especially angry just because, you know, when I chase solo a lot, I have no one else to blame, whether it is actually my fault in a vehicle with other people or not, which, you know, it is. But sometimes you're pissed off. You'll never admit it until, like, a week later. you be like, oh, yeah, you were right. And uh, let, let, me, let me ask you guys this, because we were talking earlier a little bit about convergence and, and safety and everything else. And, and one of the things I've, I've been pondering – over the years and and i've shared i've shared a couple times is is talking about developing some sort of storm chaser safety certification where uh, it's a combination it's not like there's one entity that does this but but it's a combination of other things like you you get your storm spotter training you get your american red cross cpr first aid certification you get uh the AAA motor vehicle this or that and you've all that that you've met these qualifications and then you are deemed a storm chaser uh safety ambassador or something like that um what 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 are your thoughts greg i'll start with you first i guess what what are your thoughts on that i uh, many chasers have said oh god it's gonna be hard to enforce and i think half the time and i'm just as guilty is of going oh god there are times that i might speed or you know, there are times it might, you know, kind of roll through that stop sign, or, it, and so you think about is is this actually doable, or is it smart to say, hey, let's promote something like this, let's get a few people like the Aaron Rigsby's and the Greg Johnsons of the world to get behind it, to get it as well, so that other people are like, oh, Aaron and Greg have this, I should get it too, and focus. Now there's this big focus on safety. And give them a stinking bumper sticker, right? That they can throw on their vehicle to go. I am storm safety, you know, certified. Uh, Greg, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that something like that is ever possible? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think it's a great idea. Um, I, I would be on board, but just like you know, I get asked all the time, "What is the most dangerous part of storm chasing?" I think we all would agree. It's the driving, the other drivers. It's not the tornadoes. It's not the hail. Or it's 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 the uh, the amount of miles that you put on. And in the same way that 
other drivers are dangerous to me. I, I, I kind of see it the same way, honestly. It's like, uh, if I'm certified, that's wonderful. But that other Yahoo maybe isn't anyway. And so I don't, I, I don't know, man. That, you hit me with that question out of the blue. Let me think on it. Uh, it I think it's a neat idea, though. So it's really not the food. <laughs> Maybe it's for our the partners it is. <laughs> it's always, there, there's got to be some yeah uh, uh, health safety uh, certification with that too. But Aaron, what what are your thoughts on that? So I have a lot that I could say about this. Um, so I'll keep it you know kind of to the nitty gritty details. So um, I'm kind of with Greg on this. I think it's a great idea. Um, but you know, it's like one of those things that. You know, when I was 16, I took my driver's test, um, you know, got my license. And, you know, just because you have that license doesn't necessarily mean that it automatically makes me a safe, great driver. You know, um, I think the best way to go about that, honestly, if we're looking for safety, and I've talked about this with, uh, you know, other friends, too, is is if we're policing ourselves. You know, everyone has video cameras rolling. If you see someone, you know blasting 100 miles an hour down a double yellow line, blowing past all these chasers and almost hit a car head on. I feel like it's our job as chasers to police ourselves, post that on social media, and if people keep getting blasted for it, you know, it sucks, especially if you're on the, the hot seat for that, but it's going to make people, you know, drive a little safer because there's a big chaser community. And, you know, no one wants to get railed through the dirt. And I feel like if you know that people are going to be recording and, you know, posting these activities that other people are doing, we're looking out for each other. I think that's the best way to go about it. You know, the best way to turn yourself into a great chase driver and, and, you know, uh, uh, be really safe is paint your truck a really bright, obnoxious color like (laughs) orange. And when you do that, the truck's very visible. And so if you, screw up everybody knows about it and uh and so you by default make yourself a better better driver because it's so visible and yeah. you're just saying that because you you got a buddy that's got something like that right you're just speaking <laughs> on me I, I i know this guy i know a guy <laughs> I know well, a guy. and you know another thing i could touch on too is you know the whole safety thing even if that did become a thing um you know if that did become enforced Technically, you could be a safe chaser, but at the same time, with the amount of miles that we spend on the road, and the lack of sleep that we get, I mean, in theory, you're still putting other people in danger for driving while you're very tired, especially, you know, if you're a solo chaser or you don't have someone else to help take shifts driving, you're kind of unwillingly putting other people at danger. Not necessarily, you know, a ton of other chasers, but, you know, other people on the road. And I'm guilty of that. I used to have to drive from Ohio. And I would drive tired. So maybe if like a chaser gets five or 10 bad reports, you fill their car with stink bugs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And then you that's film an it option. and you can put it inside camera so you get the reaction <laughs> and you get 10 minutes of internet fame. That, that's an option. Well, uh, hey, let's, uh, let's do this. Hey, that's, that is the sound. It is time for our lightning round. Uh, and, and so tonight uh, we're going ha- to have a little fun. Uh, we're going to do, we've done this once before gentlemen, but we've done this cards against humanity match game. So, so we're going to play a little good old match game. So we got our freaks, our freaks, they are, our uh, um, celebrity, what do you call them? Celebrity panel, right? So we've got Kim, Maz and MJ. So we got three of them and I'm pitting the two of you guys against each other. So Aaron and, and Greg, you guys are going against each other. Uh, and let's let's go ahead and give this a shot. I'm going to uh, read, if you know Match Game, I'm going to read a little statement, and there's going to be a blank. And so Greg and Aaron, you guys have to write down uh, what you think that blank should be, and your goal is to try and match the freaks, match what they might think of and write down as well. Does that make sense? Yep. Got it. You guys know the Match Game? Okay. So let's go ahead, and we're, we're going to do this. Uh, I've got three of them. So we're going to just do three, and we're going to be done. Uh, here's the first one. My mom freaked out when she looked at my browser history and she found blank.com. All right, so my mom freaked out when she looked at my browser history and she found blank.com. Go ahead and kind of write down your uh, your answer. And uh, 
Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this. I'm going to start. Aaron, I'm going to start with you. My mom freaked out when she looked at my browser history and she found what.com? Stormgasm.com. Stormgasm.com, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I'll tell you this, wow. that is really good. Uh, but I can guarantee you probably none of, none of our freaks thought of that. <laughs> no. Come on, freaks. Get no. freakier. All right, that's good. That's good. Greg, Greg, uh, your mom freaked out. She looked at your browser history and she found blank.com. What? Stormporn.com. Stormporn. There's plenty of that online. I can tell you that right now. I look at that every day. <laughs> All okay. day. Okay. So storm, stormgasm and stormporn. So uh, Kim, Kim, I'm going to start with you. Uh, when, when your mom looked at your browser history, she found what? What.com? Well, I'll tell you, we were all in the same wavelength, but I just went with <laughs> porn.com. Porn. You know what? I'm gonna give I'm gonna give that to Greg. So that's all that's right. that's one for Greg. Yeah. Very good. All right, uh, Maz. Storm what? pornography. Yeah. Storm yeah. pornography. Yeah. Okay. That's sad. Give Pretty another sad. one to Greg. MJ. MJ. I'm, I'm with Kim. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, wow. So, Greg, you're getting three on that one. What kind of show are you running here? <laughs> I'll tell you, Aaron, you were you were close. You were in the right like frame of mind. You were just maybe too creative on that. Was I figured classy. everyone was going to choose it, so I figured I'd mix it up a little bit. All right, good. All right. Let, let's, uh, so, Greg's up 3 nothing. So, here we go. Next one. Coming to Broadway this season. Blank the musical. So coming to Broadway this season, blank the musical. All right, so let's uh, figure out what you guys are coming up with. I'm I'm gonna this time I'm gonna start with uh, Greg. Uh, oh my coming God. to Broadway. What what the musical? Blank the musical. What do you got? Mamatis the musical. Oh my All God. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My Madison musical. That's pretty good. All right, Aaron. Aaron, what uh, what musical you got coming to Broadway? Honestly, I was pretty stumped on this one. I said Dust in the Wind, the musical. Dust, oh, uh, nice. Dust in the Wind. Okay. Wow. Very good. Let, let's see what our freaks got. In. Uh, Maz, I'm starting with you this time. What, what, All right. Uh, I had uh, Lay Miserable Chasers. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. <laughs> that, that is good. Uh, unfortunately... <laughs> Uh, that doesn't match anybody. MJ, what what musical you got coming to Broadway? Twister. Twister. Oh wow, man, that is good. That is good. Unfortunately, uh, no match on that one. Uh, Kim, let's see. Can you save some grace? You matching anybody? No, what musical? MJ, we are really thinking the same thing. I got Twister. Twister. There which, we go. Which is good, lot, but no matches. A lot of singing in that. Yeah. Great minds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. We're moving on to the last one. Greg, you still got a three nothing lead. So, uh, Aaron, it's uh, this is do or die. Everyone loves a comeback victory. That's right. Yeah. Here we go. So McDonald's, they're testing a new line of adult Happy Meals. And each one comes with a Big Mac and a toy blank. So McDonald's is testing a new line of adult Happy Meals, Maz. And each one comes with a Big Mac and a toy blank. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. All right, so here we go. We're going to Aaron. Aaron this time. What uh, what kind of toy is coming in that adult Happy Meal? I said a Dominator. A Dominator. <laughs> Ooh, that's, hey. pretty, that's good. I like that. Okay. That's awesome. Read the All right, box. Greg. Greg, what what, uh, what toy is coming in your adult Happy Meal? Well, interestingly, I also went Dominator with a flat tire. Oh, <laughs> spicing it up a little oh. bit. <clears throat> what? I don't get it. Okay, good. All right, let's see if we got any matches. MJ, I'm starting with you this time. What 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 uh what's in your adult happy meal? Gun. A gun, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, uh Kim. Kim, what's showing up in your adult happy meal? Um an anemometer. Anemometer. Oh, that's nice. Nice. That's yeah. good. That's good. Okay. Uh, but no match, uh, Maz. You're 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 a last uh, hope. Yeah, mine was a a ten inch uh, rain gauge. 
All right, it looks wow. like Greg, it looks like you are the winner of our match game. Congratulations, sir. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> well, here's you what we're going to do. in your car. All right, well, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to take our final break with our tornado talk segment. And they've got the story of the 1957 Ruskin Heights F5 tornado. Uh, we'll be right back with Weather Fools. We'll see you right back. May 20th, 1957. 35 tornadoes occurred across portions of Colorado, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Missouri. The most devastating tornado of the day was given a rating of F5. It has been called the Kansas-Missouri Tornado and the Ottawa-Kansas City Tornado, but it is commonly known as the Ruskin Heights Tornado due to the massive destruction and loss of life that occurred in this Kansas City neighborhood. This tornado tracked close to 70 miles and moved at approximately 42 miles per hour. According to Thomas Grizzoulis in Significant Tornadoes, this was more than likely a tornado family. I have gathered information on the track of the Ruskin Heights tornado from the National Weather Service in Kansas City. They have a very detailed summary of this event. It includes a transcript of the U.S. Weather Bureau teletype messages from May 20th, 1957. They also include details from the radar operator at the municipal airport, Joseph Odsley, along with Alan Pearson and Hugh G. Crowther from the Severe Local Storm Unit. At 6.15 Central Standard Time, the tornado developed two miles southwest of Williamsburg, Kansas. It initially moved through farmland and then clipped the town of Homewood. The National Weather Service summary of this event stated that witnesses reported multiple funnels with the main one causing tremendous damage at the Antioch Cemetery northeast of town. Headstones from the cemetery were carried for miles. One eyewitness recalls seeing a greenish-gray cloud turning violently. Quote, tentacles were reaching down out of the cloud and bouncing off the ground, one eyewitness recalled. Quote, five and up to ten tentacles came down and joined together. The tornado moved through the southern part of Ottawa, Kansas. There was damage to a motel, truck stop, and drive-in. Per the Ottawa Herald, ten guests were registered at the motel, and operators Mr. and Mrs. Glenn Geis took them into their home and into the basement, while the owner of the restaurant gathered his patrons into a station wagon and drove all of them safely to the south. The first two fatalities of this event occurred two and a half miles east of Ottawa. An elderly couple were killed when their home was hit. The tornado passed through Spring Hill, Kansas. Five deaths occurred here. Four were in one family that were fleeing their house and heading for their car. At 7.23 p.m., radar at the Kansas City Municipal Airport showed an echo that, quote, appears to be very severe, three or four miles southeast of Olathe, Kansas. It was then noted that a report of a tornado on the ground was received at the same spot the radar showed the severe storm. This tornado crossed the Missouri-Kansas state line, hitting the Martin City area. Almost every home and building in the town was damaged or destroyed, and two people were killed. At 7.45 p.m., a pilot reported a tornado north of Grandview, Missouri, moving to the northeast toward Hickman Hills and the Ruskin Heights area. For the National Weather Service summary, many square blocks of devastation occurred in these areas. In some places, the ground was swept clean. The Hickman Mills Bank at 107th and U.S. Highway 71 lost its south wall to the tornado and had to be protected by the National Guard. The Hickman Mills Furniture Company was demolished and cars were tossed on both sides of U.S. Highway 71. At Ruskin Heights, the shopping center at 111th and Blue Ridge Boulevard was destroyed and there was heavy damage to the high school. For Thomas Grizzoulis, insignificant tornadoes, F5 damage occurred to housing developments in this area and to about 15 stores at the shopping center. The tornado lifted about two miles north of Knobtown, Missouri. The Weather Bureau had issued weather warnings for the Kansas City area, and many heard those warnings on radio and television. Per the summary, at least 50 people took refuge in one basement, literally lying on top of each other at East 110th Street. The roof was blown off the home, yet no one was injured. Sadly, there was still a tremendous loss of life in the communities of Ruskin Heights and Hickman Hills. 37 people were killed. There were seven total fatalities along the Kansas part of the path. For the Kansas City Public Library, on May 18, 1958, a memorial was dedicated to the community of Ruskin Heights. 
The plaque reads, quote, in perpetual memory to those residents of Ruskin Heights who, having lost even the most precious of life's blessings in the tragedy that struck this community May 20th, 1957, found the will and spiritual strength to here build anew. This memorial is dedicated to those who lost their lives that night and in doing so perpetuate that which they helped to build. Check out our detailed summary about this event at TornadoTalk.com. It includes images, maps, and newspaper clips. Get hooked on more tornado history by following our daily posts on social media. Hi, this is Isaac Pato. And this is Scott Pink with the Bay Centers, and you're listening to Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive. All right, welcome back. Time now for Weather Fools. This is a place where we find people just doing dumb stuff in the weather. Like, what were you thinking? And here to kick us off for tonight, as always, ladies first. Kim, what do you have for us? All right, well, we're going to, you know, this time of the year when you hear all about flooding, you know, you just have to show some video of people not being really smart and driving into, okay, hold on a second here. After I just said I would do this right, you guys, let me see here. Okay. I'm sensing a skeleton. (laughs) 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 Okay. All right. Let me explain this. Okay. So this is in Hobbs, New Mexico. And let me turn it on. Okay. So we have, um, it looks like a family in wow. a car driving across a flooded road, and they have to be rescued. And the water is almost up to the windows. Like they're driving across a river. Yes. And there were three children in this car. Oh, so they Lord. had to rescue everybody out of there. And, you know, I just thought, I was looking at it like they had to have driven into that. So just a reminder, everybody, just don't cross a flooded roadway. You need to, you don't know how deep it is. And that's what I think happened here. So. Anyway, you know, that's, at, at what that's point mine. are you driving and, and you're in water and it's coming up, it's coming up. I mean, at what point are you going like, oh, crap, this is pretty high now? Yeah, well, yeah. Exactly. really. Yeah, right. Right. Oh, my, I and, mean, are you, and are you like, do windows. you gun it? <laughs> or are you like, <laughs> let's yeah. stop and put it in? You know, yeah, I mean, that's right. oh, or maybe God. if I go you know, really fast through it, right. I'll, be, I'll be able to make it through. I don't know what the thinking is, especially with children in the car. That just, oh, just yeah. tears well, and me it, up. You know, and it it could have been a distraction too, where she wasn't paying attention. She's freaked out as it is, and she just you're being too uh, kind. Well, yeah. you're sweet. You you're, are, sweet. you're sweet. You're well, sweet. Hey, thank goodness they're okay. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I do want to remind everybody. Me, no, no, no. Listen, I do oh, want to okay, remind okay. everybody. <laughs> When we first started this podcast, that's what this segment was going to be called, was Weather Morons. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we lightened it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right. So, Phil, you got one, don't you? I do have one, yes. Yeah. So this, uh, this I, I happened to find in Twitter. Uh, and I actually shared this on Twitter, to be honest with you. But So this was in Mississippi. And uh, this person, this gal in Mississippi is, and I'm going to play this while we're going through here, but she's just out on her porch, front porch. She's uh, on her phone videotaping the rain. You know, there's a slight breeze and I'm going to fast forward here. So we're 35 seconds into the clip now. It's raining maybe a little bit harder, you know, but there's still a little breeze. No big deal. And uh, we keep going a little bit. So now I'm a minute into it, this uh what three minute video and what's what's happening is it's still raining right and now all of a sudden there's not much of a breeze anymore it's it's pretty dead yeah quiet. you see you don't see the trees really moving much uh not much happening and i'm gonna forward to two minutes <gasps> oh my god into it no. and it is just i mean it comes out of nowhere it's blowing she finally goes in her house she tapes out her window Oh. And she's taping this, videoing, and you can't see anything. The rain is just sideways. Everything's blowing, and she starts screaming. She's running around. The ca- you can't even see the camera. It's all over the place. She's screaming for her cat. And she's like, <laughs> oh, where are you, Betsy? Where are you? Screaming, screaming, screaming. Something just happened. And she looks out, and the whole front of her house is gone. Oh, my gosh. Now she's looking back where her window and her yeah. door used to be to her porch, and it's gone. Tornado no. came through, took it. 
I mean, it Whoa. came in seconds. That's that sucker came nuts. through here. Oh my that, gosh! That I know where the cat is. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> 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 wow. So lesson to be learned there to, you know what, when you hear to that, there's a warning, there's a tornado, take shelter. Don't, you know, she's like, oh, I don't, you know, it's pretty calm. It starts dying. And then it comes in seconds, folks. It comes in seconds. So the train whistle didn't give it away, right? No. And and her cat (laughs) disappearing obviously didn't give it away either. But that should have been the sign, right? You can't find the cat. Cat was probably right. in the in the cat safe. knew. Get the hell out of the in way, the shelter. Right? Probably <laughs> yeah, in the bathtub. Right. Who knows? Yes. Okay, that's cool video, guys. Uh, that so is, if you if you want to check out the video, you got to log on to stormfrontfreaks.com, episode seventy nine show notes, or you can get it in your podcast app as well. And we will have those videos for you, so you can actually see them. They're that's impressive. Mm-hmm. I want to watch both. it again. Yeah, those, like those, were, those were the definition of weather fools. Both of those yep. were. So that was good. Yep. All right. So, hey, it's it's uh, time for our freak fan box. Send me a postcard. Drop All me right. a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so it right. is our We've freak, freak fan <laughs> box. So, MJ, what do we got? Hot dog. Well, I dipped into the uh, mailbox and I pulled out Fahrenheit 420's comment. Just finished the at Stormfront Freaks podcast with the guys from Weather Battle. Uh, give it a listen. And uh, his his uh, tag actually is at Weather Battler. Um, and he had a suggestion for you, Phil. I think it was a battle that would cost three bucks to get into and you could win five bucks. So he thinks take your yeah, winnings I, and roll I, I it on. I think I had like four and a quarter. You know, I played two free Weather Battles. I won four and a quarter, uh, $4.25. So yeah, I... I'm almost. I could. I could play three dollar. A three dollar game. I'm almost at a. Could play a five dollar game. Kim, have you there, tried that you yet? Go. I have not had a chance all to get right. in there. I'm going. You were, to. Ta- you were all talking, no action then. Yeah. I, well, I did. I looked at it. I signed <laughs> up and everything, and then all just right. you know. Come on, Dorothy. Craziness. I know Dorothy's going to be there. Yeah. All right, and uh, Parker Owens checked in again as as he often does, and I know he is online uh, watching tonight. Um, Last week, he was late to the party. So this time he says, uh, great show last night as always, uh, the part that he saw. And then I assume he went back and watched the rest of it. Um, he said, I put the next show time on my calendar, so I'll be there on time. I'll be on the lookout for another weather fool too, because Parker has contributed some weather fools to us. So we thank Parker for that. And we're glad he got here on time tonight. Good job, Parker. Yes. All right, Parker. Way to go. <laughs> Very timely. And uh, Justin Scanelli checked in. He is a new listener as of last week, and he loves the podcast. And then asks a question that a couple of you might be able to answer. Any recommendations to where I can learn more about severe weather on my own time? Middle of a storm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Kim, what do you think? Any good educational places? Um, places I'm trying to think online. Gosh, I don't even know. Um, Probably like SPC or something. Yeah, I'm at... I guess that would be a good place to start. There's actually, uh, there's some people that have some like meteorology 101. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's uh, MetEd. If you search MetEd, MetEd, yeah. M-E-T-E-D, uh, search MetEd. I think the address mm-hmm. is like ucar.meded or something like yes. that. But anyway, just search MetEd. They've got lots of great, uh, I mean, almost class level uh, courses on weather there. I, you know, I know... Uh, tornadotitans.com right. has some great uh, mm-hmm. little tutorials on various weather things that mm-hmm. I think I might have mentioned that too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, Matt said SPC. Actually, if you go to the SPC site, there is some uh, good stuff down yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. If you look under their outlooks, um, right. there's some good educational yep. stuff mm-hmm. under there. And if he uh, and he and anybody else go back, uh, go to stormfrontfreaks.com, find our show notes from past episodes. We've got uh, WX resources in many of them, and you'll find right. those in the show notes as well. Yeah, good point. So good check point. that out yeah. too. Yeah. Good job, MJ. Good job. Good so there you go. That's our uh, freak fan box for today. Nice. Okay. How, how do people uh, get a hold of us? I don't know. Twitter. that's why nobody's nobody's calling twitter at stormfront freak we got (laughs) facebook.com slash stormfront freaks and of course you can always check out uh, www.stormfrontfreaks.com and we have a contact us page there or your Send local me pub. A postcard, drop me a line. You got mail, baby. Yeah, yeah. so hey, and I'm also glad you added the www part because um, 
Hey, you know, <laughs> people forget that. Hey, I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. If you enjoy the show, uh, do us a favor. Here's the thing, honest to God, you know, we, we don't ask anybody for money. I know a lot of podcasts uh, have, you know, fan support sites and stuff like mm. that. We don't do that. We actually work with some great partners that are in the weather industry uh, to help support the, the costs of running this and making this available to, all, to you. So we don't ask you for money. So the only thing we really ask, and it's free, is just your time. Uh, take the time. If you enjoy our show, leave a great review on your podcast app or, or just do us a favor if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts and, and leave us a great review, five-star review on there. We just, we'd appreciate uh, just your time. That'd be great. And, and don't forget to subscribe to the show. Uh, if in your podcast app, just hit the subscribe button works just like a magazine or newspaper, except it's free and it assures you get the latest show delivered right to your podcast inbox to listen the moment it gets released. And if you have an extra cat, we could probably send it to that lady. We, we, yeah, we, we could consider that. Definitely. So <laughs> special thanks to our guests, Greg Johnson and Aaron Rigsby tonight. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, talking storms and good job and, good job and any of you if you happen to be chasing as well uh, uh good luck uh, but be safe at the same time and uh i just want to say for mj maz and kim uh, i'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear right now and we'll definitely catch you next time so good night everybody good night everyone good night. Bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to the stormfront freaks podcast find our bi-weekly show on apple podcasts google play spotify or your favorite podcast app Watch our shows on YouTube and Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.